It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. The Packers beat Washington 20-15 to in a game that is not going to inspire a lot of confidence among Packer Nation. And it was a game that Matt LaFleur said, Matt LaFleur walked into his post-game press conference and before anyone got a chance to ask a question, essentially said, I just want to say something and that it was, we felt like we left a lot out there today. He said, we're happy we won, but the quote was, it felt like we left a lot out there today. Brian Bulaga said the same thing. Malafleur said, we'll never apologize for winning, but you always want to go out there and put your best performance out there. He was later asked, What's going on with the offense? Why haven't they been able to sustain some of the stuff that that has gone on early in games that's been successful for them? They score 14 points, and it looks like a game between a 9-3 and team and a 3-9 and team. And it looks like a game that's going to end, you know, 35-14. And Green Bay is going to roll, and Washington is going to be outmatched and outclassed. And that's not what happened. They weren't able to sustain it. And so you, you want to know. Why? Why is this happening? What what can you point to, Coach LaFleur? And he said twice, actually, if I knew the answer, it wouldn't be this way. And they have to find a mix of what's working. Aaron Rodgers said, you know, the offense is basically going to be week to week, adding that if teams were going to try and make him beat them to bring it on. And I thought he had a particularly salient quote after the game where he said, I'd rather be on that side of it. People asking, how can you be more dynamic after a win? And I thought that was a really interesting point because Rodgers understands. This is something we go back to the Cowboys game. And he said, you know, I felt like I played really well and the stats don't show it. And he said, I've got stats. I want to win games. And that's what they did. And there were, I saw a lot of criticism from fans about the way Rodgers played. And even, even so far as for some fans to say that he is the problem with the offense. Now, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is as good as he was in 2011. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is as good as he was in 2014 when he was the MVP. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is as good as he was in 2016 during the, the run-the-table stretch. Aaron Rodgers can still do things that most quarterbacks would only dream of doing. 
What we're seeing in a lot of ways is what happened with Matt Ryan in Atlanta. That first season with Kyle Shanahan and and Matt LaFleur, only they're winning games anyway because the defense is good enough, because the run game is good enough, because Aaron Jones is a special player, because this defense was suffocating on Sunday. I mean, you can you can look at the final score and see 15 and think that, oh, that's a, you know, it's a five-point game. No, this, this game was over. It was a two-score game with two minutes left, and Washington scored a garbage-time touchdown to make it more aesthetically pleasing on the, on the final score. Make no mistake, Green Bay dominated this football game, really from, now I wouldn't say from start to finish, because they actually got outscored in the final three quarters. But it was a game that never really felt in doubt. It never really felt in question. You were never watching going, mm, I don't know if they're going to win this one. And, and you know, you, you want to be able to win a game when you don't play your best. Green Bay's defense, I mean, you look at the final numbers, 170 yards for Dwayne Haskins, that, that great interception from Adrian Amos, the guy who is allegedly not a playmaker. They hold Washington to 4.4 yards per play, 262 total yards on 10 drives. That is serious defense. 4.5 yards per pass. 4.3 yards a rush. Yeah, they had one drive, Washington did, where they scored and they ran the ball down the Packers' throat. One drive. One drive. This is not the thing to be worried about. And we're gonna, we'll talk about the defense in a little bit, but offensively, you look at what Green Bay did. In the first quarter, they were able to get whatever they wanted. And it was, it was just sort of like the only team that can hold Green Bay back on Sunday at Lambeau Field is Green Bay. Because early on, they, they were not even just one step ahead of Washington's defense. They were many steps ahead. They played big. This is what we talked about on Friday. We, and we talked about it all week. If, if Washington wants to stop the run, play big and throw it. And that's what Green Bay did. And they did get away from that. They were, they were playing with three tight ends on the field at once and running the ball effectively and then creating play-action shot plays. Jimmy Graham gets open twice on them, wide open. He was open on the one that Rodgers missed him on for a touchdown. And, and if he hits that, it's 21-0. And we, we think about this game differently. If he hits Aaron Jones on the sluggo, just off the fingertips, just out the, off, the outstretched arms, just out of his grasp. Aaron had to throw it a little bit sooner than he wanted with pressure in his face. Those are two walk-in touchdowns. And if you hit just one of them, the game feels a lot different. If you go up 21-0 and take your foot off the gas and and go into a lull against a, a bad team, no one is really going to blame you for that. You'd like to see Green Bay go out and, and win a game 56 to nothing against a bad team. To I mean, obviously... Everyone wants that. You want to see them go out and and display that killer instinct, that step-on-your-throat mentality, to just go out and and eliminate any hope a team has. Because that is, first of all, it is a reflection of a mentality, but second of all, it is the reflection of getting into a rhythm and and playing at a high level, of functioning at a high level, and this offense is just not doing that consistently. 
Not in the passing game anyway. The run game was phenomenal today. 28 carries, 174 yards, and a touchdown, 6.2 yards per carry. And when Aaron Jones touched it, 16 carries, 134. That's over eight a carry. Aaron Jones was awesome. Now, look, you can say, well, Aaron Jones needs to be featured. He 22 touches. How much more does he need to be featured? He was the leading receiver on the team. Most catches, most yards, most targets. The leading rusher on the team by more than double in terms of carries. So how much more does he need to be featured? I, I agree with the idea that he could be used more as a mismatch weapon. He could be used more in the passing game down the field a little bit. They had the, they had the down the field shot. They had it called. They just weren't able to hit it. And that is, it is really reflective of where this offense is right now. Because for the first quarter, they looked awesome. And at other times in the game, it was just sort of like, yeah, when they felt like playing, like at the end of the game, they went back to some of those three tight end looks. They played with a little bit more big personnel. And they ran the ball effectively. They threw the ball a little bit more effectively. And it just felt like when they were interested in playing, they were effective. And then they, But they just weren't always bringing that intensity. And I don't think it's an intensity problem, by the way. I, I think the focus can wane. I think their execution has just not been consistent this season. When they're playing well, when they're executing together on offense, we've seen the offense be awesome. We've seen them light a, a really good Vikings defense up. And we've seen them take it to Dallas. And we saw them destroy Oakland. And and by the way, Kansas City's defense is really good. Forget that Matt Moore played in that game. Kansas City's defense is good, especially through the air. And Aaron Rodgers got what he wanted on a consistent basis. So this is, this is a team that has been capable of producing for stretches. They haven't been able to do it consistently and... and when when they played well last week and they got back to doing the Matt LaFleur stuff, early on, it looked like Matt LaFleur stuff. And then they got away from some of that. And they, and they had the pre-snap penalties, which are still a problem on this team. I don't know how to fix that. Maybe this is a team that is still adjusting to a new offense. More mental errors like pre-snap penalties, to me... Sounds like a team that is still thinking and not playing 100%. There are still errors where guys don't know where to be. Rodgers was really upset yesterday about a play that, that he rolled out to his right and threw the ball and expected, it seemed like, expected Devontae Adams to be somewhere that he didn't go. You just, in December, those kinds of lapses can't be there. And, and whether it's just, you know, Adams not getting the practice reps because he was hurt or they're adjusting to this new offense. I think there's a possibility that they try and get a little too cute. I think Matt LaFleur, this was a Mike McCarthy problem too. I think Matt LaFleur is so adept at, at identifying and attacking defensive weaknesses and wanting to come up with these creative ideas where you run a play and then you have all these different variations of it to trick a defense. That there's almost, there's the menu is too big. And I'm not saying don't try new things. But it seems like a lot of the stuff that they they run once and it works, now it sits on the shelf and we don't see it. Whereas in other games, a play that works, they'll run three or four times and it'll work 
three or four times. I have always been a, a, someone who says run a play until it doesn't work. Run a play until they prove they can stop it. It just seems like there is there is a lot of meat left on the bone, and, and part of it is execution. Aaron Rodgers makes a couple throws. Boom. You got a different score. There's a lot of really good. There's just a lot of boneheads still. And I, I, you, you think of veteran players making these mistakes, and you don't expect that. I mean, Rodgers is going to be, he's going to miss throws. Every quarterback misses throws. Those, those misses are more impactful on this passing game now because play-to-play Rodgers is just not quite as accurate as he used to be and is not quite as Harry Houdini-like in his ability to escape and create, in part because... He just doesn't have a lot of receivers who he has rapport with to get open. I don't I don't want to hear about the audibles. It's not a question of audibles. Part of this offense is that a lot of the time there's two plays called in the huddle based on the look. You kill one play to another one. You hear this all the time. If you if you have a the TV where you can hear it, you're not at a bar, for example, watching a game, you hear a quarterback all the time either say can, can, can or kill, kill, kill. You are killing the first play or canning the first play to run the second play. Or you might be flipping the side that it's run on based on the defensive formation. I actually don't see Rodgers out there just freelancing. I see him trying to play within the bounds of the offense. I see him holding the ball because Washington didn't do what they said they were going to do. Try and stop the run. They, they rushed four. They dropped seven. They played soft on the outside. They played soft with the safeties. They weren't trying to stop Aaron Jones. They were worried about having enough people in coverage to to cloud windows and to get into passing lanes for Aaron Rodgers. The focus was Rodgers. There's just no there's no other way to read what we saw. And they they by the way executed it well. They passed things off in zone coverage. They were able to to get some good man coverage. They got lucky a couple times. They got lucky twice on on overthrows, and they got lucky on a handful of plays where Rodgers was looking play side and the backside receiver was open. Or Rodgers was looking at one route combination on one side of the field where the play is probably designed to go and is someone else is, is breaking open late or he throws it early and, and someone else was breaking late or he took off and ran and, and someone you know was just getting open. There's a lot of reasons for what's going on here. They're just not quite clicking. It's probably not going to happen against the Bears next week, but that's what's in front of them. That is what they are tasked with, and so that's what they have to go and try and find a way to accomplish because it's all out in front of them now. They really do control their own destiny. Win out, and they are the two seed. They get a first round by, and they can get to where they want to get to. And if you're having issues controlling your own destiny in the bedroom, BlueChew.com can help. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. BlueChew is prescribed online by licensed physicians so you don't have to go to a doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package right now. Go to BlueChew.com and enter the promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. Just pay for shipping. BlueChew.com. 
Promo code locked on. What do you have to lose? Try it free. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. I want to talk about the Packers defense because it, it will be lost in the, the offensive stagnation, what Green Bay did defensively. Jair Alexander got the shadow assignment. It was not a full shadow. It was, it was like a three-quarter shadow. I'll, I'll be fascinated to see what the breakdowns ultimately say of, of how much Jair Alexander was, was covering Terry McLaurin. A lot of it was third downs. He was almost always there. But it was clear that they felt like if, if they made other guys beat them, that other guys couldn't beat them. And the final line says Terry McLaurin had a decent day. Four catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. In the first half, he was a zero. The only play he made was a recovered fumble. Which, by the way, another thing that we we lose sight of. The Skins had two fumbles bounce into the open and, and get recovered by Washington. Pretty lucky fumble luck. And then they had the incompletion that was ruled a fumble initially. Not count because it was, you know, he... He didn't take six steps with the ball, go get a sandwich, come back, uh, get a Diet Coke, uh, drink that, and then complete the, the football act. Green Bay's defense was excellent in this game. You know, in garbage time, Green Bay's playing soft, which, by the way, I never I never really understood, I guess, because it's like if you're going to play prevent and you're going to let them march down the field, I don't know. I, I just, I, I've never liked it. I've, I've never liked it. I never will like it. Uh, you can't change my mind about it. Jair Alexander was awesome in this game. Adrian Amos. Adrian Amos had his best game as a Packer. Had a sack. A couple of passes defense. The interception, obviously, was a a terrific play. A momentous play. And that was the other thing about the Packers' offense. They lived in Washington territory this game. It was, you know, Aaron Rodgers before half. A swipe fumble cost them a chance at points. And they were marching down the field. You get a touchdown there, you know, the game is different. But Green Bay's defense was able to do what it needed to do. Kenny Clark looks back. Kenny Clark looks like the dude we saw eating 
people alive. One and a half sacks, uh, a couple of QB hits. Preston Smith had three QB hits. Zadarius Smith had just the one, but was constantly in the face of Dwayne Haskins, who never really looked comfortable back there. Still made some nice throws. I still think Haskins can be a good player, even you know playing on what seemed like two sprained ankles. Still made a number of throws that were impressive, including the touchdown, which he technically threw behind McLaurin. I still don't know how Darnell Savage didn't tip that. Darnell Savage was in perfect position to make that play, and actually... The, the off-target throw is the only reason it works. If Haskins leads Terry McLaurin, it's a pick. Darnell Savage is going the other way. He throws it enough behind him that McLaurin is able to react, but also it's too far off-target for Darnell Savage to get there in time. That's just a, It's just an unlucky break. I really liked the way that they played against the run in this game. They stacked up a lot of these. They, you know, they, they allowed a couple little... You know, break off a chunk. Darius Geis had a 23-yarder on that touchdown drive, but Adrian Peterson, his long was 13. AP, 20 carries, 76 yards. He had the touchdown, but that's that's under four carry. That's getting the job done. I mean, they rushed 28 times for 121. You hold the team to 4.3 yards a carry on 28 carries, you're probably going to win. I, I know there's all the stats. Oh, they run 25 times. The, the correlation causation thing is so stupid. People do not understand it. Four yards a carry is not going to get you beat in the NFL if you do what Green Bay did through the air. The problem all season for Green Bay has been they have not consistently used their personnel advantage as an advantage. By going small, you are trading your run defense for your passing defense, and too often the passing defense was just not good enough. In this game, it was. 170 yards, 16 of 27 for Haskins, a 74 QB rating through the pick. They didn't give up the chunk plays like we're used to seeing, and, and this isn't a good offense, so you wouldn't expect that, but Terry McLaurin is a really good, a really good young receiver, can get down the field. And, you know, they they gave up the one thirty yarder to Kelvin Harmon. That was that was a tough one. But otherwise, it was it was all small increments. They didn't give up a 40 plus yard play, which is good to see. This defense is starting to catch a stride. No Kevin King. So you have you've Tremont Williams out there, Shannon Sullivan out there, Josh Jackson got some playing time in in dime because Sullivan moves to safety. Shannon Sullivan, by the way, has been a a really Nice on the margins pickup. Really nice. Made that incredible interception in Dallas. He he has been what you want from your fifth cornerback. Come in and played some safety, some nickel safety, some dime safety, some nickel corner. Really played all over for Green Bay and been pretty good everywhere they've put him. So the, the way that this defense is playing now, healthy, and we, Kevin King, not 100%, dealing with the shoulder injury. But this was another really good Blake Martinez game. He's been very good the last few weeks. The front is doing its job. Rashawn Gary, I thought, had a really nice day. With extended playing time, he, he made an impact. The safeties were awesome. And that's what you needed to see. You want to see this defense rounding into form because they're going to need it in a big way in January. This team is going to the playoffs. 
They're going to the playoffs. You you can think they're not very good. They're going to the playoffs. They're a 10-win team, first Packers coach in team history to win 10 games in a season, and, and they're not even done. They could win 12, 13 games. They're going to the postseason, and they're going to need a defense because no matter when they play, they're going to play against teams like New Orleans and San Francisco and Seattle, and those teams can score points. And so you're going to have to have answers. And it also means offensively, you're going to have to find a way too. You're going to have to hit your stride. You're going to have to get hot. And they can do it. And and I tweeted it. I, we have not seen any evidence this year that Green Bay could hang in the kind of game that was played in New Orleans. It was played at such a high level. Teams trading punches, counter punches, two of the best play callers in football. And, and you know, the d- defense was optional. But... Every, the offenses were humming, and and the San Francisco offense has mostly been humming all season. Green Bay has to get to that place, but now that the defense is getting closer to where you want it to be, the margin for error on offense is a little bit bigger, and that's what you need. You need to have both phases capable of playing really well, and then hope in January in your biggest games they're both playing well at the key times that allow you to win a game maybe that you that you otherwise shouldn't that you otherwise are not are not talented enough i mean green bay did this in in 2014 I, I don't think anyone thought green bay was the best team in 2014 they lost in seattle by 20 and then they go play the seahawks in the championship game and and rightfully were the better team they lose it on a catastrophic series of events. That, but that's what it took for them to lose that game. They were in position to win it. They were an onside kick away from beating a team it looked like all season they couldn't beat. And there was one game I've always pointed to. One game that said to me, okay, this team can be a Super Bowl team, and it was beating the Patriots at home. Green Bay has that opportunity. If they go out on Sunday, for example, and beat the brakes off Chicago, I'll say this can be a Super Bowl team. If Green Bay goes to Minnesota and plays well in Minnesota and wins a non-fluky game, that will be the validation of this team. Because it will, it will number one, it will mean that they played really well. But number two, it will mean that in a big game, that they really wanted to win, that they needed to win, they were able to put these pieces together and be the best version of themselves. We haven't seen the best version of this Packers team. I want to see it before I believe that it can exist in the playoffs. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen, he's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I'm going to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. 
Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. I can't get out of here without mentioning how freaking good Aaron Jones was. 22 touches, 192 yards, a touchdown. He has the big catch down the sidelines on third and 14, has what should have been a touchdown. I would love to see them get him a little bit more involved. I'd love to see them use two running backs more. I I just feel like there's a lot of stuff that has worked. You know, Matt LaFleur has touted this uh, idea that he he gets cut-ups of all of the explosives for the week, and he watches them. And it's like 100 plays, and he usually picks, you know, a dozen. 15, 20 even, to see if he can incorporate into the Packers' offense. There's stuff already there that they can run, that that's worked for them. Just just run it. Just let Aaron Jones eat. Just let Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams on, on the field at the same time create all kinds of problems for opposing defenses. You can, you can do that. This offense can be, you know, you could say, oh, Aaron Jones is is the most important player on this offense. He is insofar as this offense is predicated on the idea of the run game is foundational, the play action game is foundational, and the drop back game is sort of an afterthought. And it's not really, but it's the structure of the offense. And that's that's great. Green Bay was able to hit some some play action shots on Sunday and they had another one that they should have hit. This is, this is an offense that is fine with Rodgers holding the ball if he's hitting shot plays. But there's a lot of staple stuff that I just don't see them going to as often. And I just wonder why. I wonder why. Because I watched, you know, I watched the Rams on Sunday. And the Rams have not been, been nearly as explosive as they've been the last few years. But if you watch them, teams had stopped respecting their jet motion. They ran jet motion a ton. And and teams going back to, you know, Matt Patricia against the Lions, defenses were saying, we just don't respect the jet motion. We're not going to follow any of the window dressing. And they were they were slowing down the Rams. And what did Sean McVay do? He started handing the ball in the jet motion. Well, we've seen the jet motion almost disappear from this offense. We haven't seen as much of the bunch formation to try and get Devontae Adams open. We haven't seen that that play action boot with the levels. We haven't seen that. And those plays have worked. And a lot of that stuff is coming with Aaron Jones. I love that they went back to the the sluggo. You got you got a, and this was with a safety on Aaron Jones, and Landon Collins couldn't run with him. If Landon Collins, who's a good player in an athletic safety, can't run with Aaron Jones, very few safeties are going to be able to. That's a play you could run once a game. Now you're not really going to run it once a game. But that's the, that's the point, is these plays that have worked, I would love to see them again. And, and you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be a counter to that play. You can just run that play and then throw the counter. It's a double whammy that way. Because even if that, if that play fails, even if you run it and it doesn't work, then you still have the counter. I think sometimes coaches will overcomplicate things. And it's not, it's not quite paralysis by analysis, but it's close. And you just you're you're so smart and you're so detail oriented and you're so in the weeds with all of the scheme that you just try and create these perfect plays and sort of forget what is what is good and right about what you're already doing. And I thought offensively, 
you know, that's what I love to see about what happened in New York. It seemed like they got out of character in San Francisco. So they, they come to New York and they get back to being the team that, that we want them to be. And then, you know, they, they didn't, they, they did that early. All of those incredible scripted plays that shows me Matt LaFleur understands how to attack a defense, understands the strengths and weaknesses of his team, understands how to deploy his personnel. So what is the disconnect there? What is not hitting home that they can't sustain it? They don't have that answer right now, but they don't seem overly worried about it either. And they understand that if they execute more consistently, they're going to play better. And and that is the mentality of this team. I don't think they're they're overly content. I don't think they're they're lacking focus. This is a this is a tough defensive front that they play. That helped too for Washington. Matt LaFleur said it. Give give them credit because they pressured Aaron Rodgers. They have a good group up front that they can get after you with four. And when you can pressure a team with four and drop seven in coverage consistently, play two deep safeties, and you take away the shot plays, it is it is hard to throw for anyone. For anyone. And and Green Bay, this is how teams are going to approach them. So they have to they have to get some answers and they have to get them fast. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, Expert Tuesday, Crossover Wednesday, and our scouting report on Thursday, the Bears. It is rivalry week. Even if it's not college football, it's still rivalry week. The Packers take on a resurgent Bears team that is in the mix for the playoffs. Green Bay right now, the two seed. Green Bay right now today is the two seed in the NFC playoff race after New Orleans loses. Seattle also loses. That really doesn't matter as much unless the 49ers lose twice. Uh, But, you know, look, it could matter. Green Bay, there's still an outside chance Green Bay could get the one. So, again, it doesn't matter if you think they're a great team. They could be the two seed. Then all you have to do is win one home playoff game to get an opportunity. You could host a second one. Who knows? But then you're in the NFC Championship game, and and it's win one game. And, and all bets are off at that point. So this is going to be a fun finish, and then, you know, we'll see what happens in January. We'll see what happens in January. All right, follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.